Mobile is the future. Use it to power up your profits. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Our show focuses on the latest news and information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. We speak with the power players of mobile monetization. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Please welcome our host, Wen Tu. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. This is Wen Tu, co-founder of Rumble, and I would like to welcome you to Mobile Power and Profit, the show that discusses the latest information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. Each week, we will bring you insights from thought leaders of the mobile industry. This week, we are happy to introduce David Arkin, Vice President of Content and Audience for Gatehouse Media. He oversees all matters related to print and online content, strategy, and online development and support related to the company's content management system. It's my pleasure to welcome David Arkin to the show. Hi, David. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on the show. So, David, as the VP of Content and Audience, I'm sure your top priorities must be making sure that readers will always enjoy great news and reading experience and stay loyal to the publication. Can you share with us what you think have been major events that have impacted content in the mobile space? Uh, sure. There's been a lot of um, a lot of change in um, you know content, uh, specifically for newspapers over the course of the you know last few years for sure. And um, you know I think we're we're seeing we're seeing a, a lot of um, a lot of activity within social and social analytics that are helping us. Um, really gain gain a view of um, what's really kind of driving engagement and you know we're seeing that from desktop to mobile um, but you know on uh, you know on, on the mobile front we're seeing this 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 that this desire for um, you know a collection of you know hard news mm-hmm. um, enterprising news but also this kind of more kind of we call it kind of shareable sociable uh, content that you know can can be kind of um, uplifting and good um, kind of fun, fun to read, but also this kind of slice of um, desire for readers to really get much more uh, entertainment content. I kind of call it kind of a kind of guide to your life content that's helping people, um, you know, not just um, know what happened um, from from a news front in terms of you know, what what happened throughout the day in terms of events and 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 and, and city council meetings and those types of things, but um, content where uh, we're helping people figure out you know, where they should go to eat and where they should go to drink and, you know, the five ways that they could, you know, uh, do free events this weekend. We're seeing this kind of real interesting shift in terms of um, readers wanting and looking to newspapers to provide, you know, the watchdog piece, um, but also looking them to help kind of aggregate what's out there and, you know, provide some guidance, you know, for their life. And so I think when you talk about, you know, good news, I think those are things like, um, that you know, they, they could be kind of, you know, interesting wire reads from you know all over the all over the country to kind of you know make you smile, or they could be kind of um, you know good pieces that kind of help you figure out you know how to kind of live your life and you know have um, you know, whether it's whether it's entertainment or you know lifestyle you know oriented content. It just seems to be kind of a real a real shift to that. We we just got done doing uh, two major surveys in Gatehouse. One was a print survey, um, one was an online survey, and you know they aim to really figure out. What is it that readers, you know, most wanted from their from their products? And um, interestingly enough, uh, the topic of things to do, um, which I would kind of put under this kind of 
good news spot entertainment category, but was number one on both platforms. So we have this whole viewpoint that there's a real difference between print and online readers, and that very well might be true. Um, but it was interesting in this survey, we really saw this desire that um, readers were looking for more things to do content, you know, from us. So it just kind of goes to how I think content is changing, how newsrooms have to change kind of within this, um, you know, within this direction from uh, what readers are kind of telling us. Yeah, and it's so interesting. You mentioned the surveys that you did and the difference in results that you had when it was a print survey versus online. What do you think for mobile um, the key differences are that separates the mobile space from the online space? So I think it's um, I think it's kind of the immediacy uh, need. So we've we've launched some technologies that have allowed us to get content quicker and get it directly in front of people. Uh, you know, more uh, directly kind of in the video space. Yeah. And what we're seeing on return on mobile is just that um, you know it's not necessarily live content, so it's not a live feed, but it's about as close to a live feed as you're kind of you know really get. Um, and, and what we're seeing is just, you know, really high rates of engagement. So I think, you know, the difference between online and, um, you know, mobile is just, you know, this kind of immediacy factor where, um, you know, people are, I mean, it's where people are consuming content. Um, we're seeing that percentage, you know, increase every, 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 every week and every month in terms of, yeah. you know, the uniques and, you know, the, the, the traffic there. And I just think it goes to as we're able to invest in more technologies that help put tools in front of newsrooms to get that content pushed faster. Um, I think that's really kind of connecting with, you know, how people are digesting that through mobile. I, I think the other piece to it is just really thinking about it, and we're not there yet, and I don't think a lot of people are fully there yet, but there's going to have to be a shift with a mobile content strategy that really connects with where people are and how they might use, you know, content. Uh, and, and kind of what I mean by that is, is it's Saturday morning, so we should be pushed, and there's a parade in town. So we should be really pushing something out at 9 a.m. that you know offers a reminder on that parade route. Um, you know, we may have you may we may publish that as part of an advanced story earlier in the week if we're writing about that you know parade. Um, but you know, and, and we may be even write a reminder you know you know Friday night if it goes up um, that hey the parade's tomorrow. But we have to then kind of connect it back to right, what are people right now. Um, what, what do they need and how could they actually benefit from our content? So that's a very like basic example, but I, I see that shift coming. And I think when we think about kind of engaging that audience, thing, then it comes down to, hey, it's 11 a.m. You're, you know, the, the parade's still going on. You know, share your, you know, share your content with us. Are you taking photos? Are you taking video? I think we have to kind of connect to where people are actually, what people are doing, and how they might kind of participate, you know, with our uh, products with wherever they might be. Which brings up sort of an interesting point as you talk about mobile is really about immediacy and that mobile readers and consumers um, sort of have a very uh, short uh, attention span or very little patience for irrelevant information. But you also have a very strong view of um, a lot of the social media practices. Some might call it clickbait in which it's just one line and you click through and there's not much more to it. Can you sort of talk more about your point of view of being able to balance immediacy and relevancy to short content? Um, how do you balance that from a content or editorial standpoint? So I, I think you can. I think we can actually have have, have both. I think on the the clickbait form, um, I, I think clearly I'm not supportive of you know clickbait, but 
I think short form content um, can still be really relevant. So let's just kind of use the let's use the parade example. Um, you know that that item with an embedded map, you know, doesn't need a lot more than that. It probably needs a call to action. Hey, are you there? Tell us what's going on. And you know, here's the map and here's a graph on you know what occurred. So not clickbait by any means, but it's actually a, you know short form content, which you know works you know works much better on mobile. I do think there's been a little bit of a shift though, where you know a few years ago everything had to be short on mobile, and there was a sense that you know people weren't going to spend time. And and I I, I do think some of that is still still very true. But when we kind of look at some of the analytics in terms of the number of kind of clicks through a story, um, and obviously you know there's you know an argument of pagination is good or pagination is bad from, you know, kind of a, a next feature on mobile. Um, I think we're seeing people who are engaged with the story, you know, they're willing to kind of, you know, click through. And, um, you know, we're, I think it's going to be important for us long term to get a better view of, you know, time on story and, and what that means for different kinds of stories on mobile to desktop. Obviously, there's some tools out there to, you know, help us, help us do that. Um, but I, I think what we're seeing here is, you know, if it, if it is good content and if it is relevant content, you know, there is um, openness to kind of those, those clip rates to, you know, obviously are, you know, positive for, you know, impressions and, you know, page views. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this category around, you know, clip rate, I, I think there's a way to, you know, create content, um, headline it appropriately, um, and not kind of disappoint the reader when they, you know, you know, when they actually kind of get to it. Um, you know, I think there's a, there's a, there's a real desire, I think, in mobile to you know, have kind of more, more long-form templates and um, you know, more long-form kind of journalism. But long-form journalism doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, you know 2,000-word stories. It might mean a more BuzzFeed approach to actually how you might digest that content. So we see a lot of really good ways to do it. I mean, I think, you know, these features are like five things to do this weekend – if you take kind of a blog long-form approach with that and you're getting an image or a video from last year's festival and a graph or two, you know, on the details and you kind of blog form that, um, that that's, a, that's a good reader experience. And so I think there are ways to, you know, transition into kind of more of, the, more of a way of the way, way readers actually want to digest content mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and not necessarily have to go down this, you know, you know, clickbait, um, you know, clickbait path. Yeah. So... Um, we have about one more minute uh, until our break, but I would love for you to um, answer the question. Um, it sounds like in order to come up with a great mobile content strategy, there's a lot of trial and error trying to figure out what's best for your um, readers on, on the type of format and link. But what do you think is the, the number one advice that you would give to publishers out there as they're going down the line of figuring out what their mobile content strategy should be? Uh, I think it's audience, and I think you got to figure out um, what audience you can get, how you can get more audience, and um, where that audience can come from. And I think, you know, as we're as we're working through our own, you know, mobile strategies, um, you know, that's you know that's really at the forefront. There's obviously a revenue piece that isn't really tied directly to, to my world, but obviously involved in it. Um, but I think that audience is really connected to how that revenue piece is gonna is gonna play out. And I think. Before you know, any publisher goes down the path of, you know, thinking that you know this app is the right path for them, um, they really need to understand what audience is there from mobile web to maybe transition if you wanted to, um, you know, to an app experience and how to be able to 
um, how to be able to kind of drive that. So I just think you have to focus in on kind of audience and how to kind of be able to kind of kind of grow that audience every which way you possibly can before you determine if that's the right path for you. Great. So audience is the key. Mobile might be new. It might be hard technologically-wise, but you go back to the basics to audience. So we're going to go to commercial break, but after that, we're going to come back with David Arkin, VP of Content and Audience at Gatehouse. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. InternetMarketingINC.com is one of the fastest-growing full-service digital marketing agencies in the country, specializing in providing results-driven online marketing solutions. Internet Marketing Inc.'s passionate team prides themselves on staying ahead of marketing trends to create and implement campaigns that get more traffic to your website, gain positive brand awareness, and drive conversions. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. All-inclusive marketing is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in All-Inclusive Marketing means award-winning winning leadership, excellence and results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's when to... Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. My name is Wen Chu, and I am joined by David Arkin from Gatehouse Media. So, David, in the last segment, we were talking about um, really trying to figure out what's the mobile content strategy that would work best for publishers. I would love to really focus this segment on really getting your opinion about how we're hearing more about mobile apps these days as opposed to the mobile web pages. Can you give our listeners a little insight into this, especially from your company's perspective, given that you have a huge publishing network of over 400 community publications? Um, What is the future of app-driven products out there versus some things that are more mobile browser-based? So um, we are in the process of finalizing a rollout for uh, responsive design for um, all of our all, all of our newspapers, uh, the tiniest to the to the largest right now, and uh, hopefully by the end of this month we'll uh, we'll have that we'll have that fully rolled out. We're about three quarters of the way there right now, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's obviously going to be a solution on uh, phones and be a mobile solution on on tablet as well. And, 
uh, early, uh, you know, early reaction has been pretty positive. Um, experience is a lot better than just getting the desktop on your tablet, obviously. And obviously, we, we've had mobile web in place on phones for, you know, for a while. Um, and also, you know, we're, we, we've done work to uh, make this more than just kind of a replica of the desktop to try to transition this to be much more of a kind of app-like experience, um, even though it is it is mobile web. So a way where advertising is more integrated within the content well as opposed to, you know, these right rail junk drawers. Uh, we've been able to accomplish that with our homepage screen. Um, we haven't, you know, our, our next level will be to, you know, look at that on story pages and section front to, you know, fully, you know, fully get there, not 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 make it feel so so, so desktopy when you kind of get inside the site. So that's kind of kind of where we are, and you know, we're evaluating right now what the right path for us is in terms of, you know, who should get who should get an app. I you know talked earlier about um, the you know the audience question, and I think that's the question that you know we you know we you know, we grapple with in terms of um, you know what is the right what's the right path there, and how much audience do we need to be able to kind of support support. Um, an app, and um, you know, when I talk about apps, I'm yeah, talking about phones, but you know, really, kind of, really focused on you know the tablet, you know, the tablet front there. So um, it's interesting though, because you know, I don't, you know, I think to begin with, you know, we're going to take this view of you know our larger sites, um, but you know, Gatehouse has um, acquired some newspapers recently um, that actually have apps, and they're you know relatively small newspapers. They're four or five thousand circulation newspapers. And they've been pretty successful with, um, you know, selling sponsorships and, um, you know, some direct sales um, to those apps. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't. Um, I think a lot of this comes down to market and potential. So I, w- I, I, I wouldn't ever take the viewpoint to say you know, every paper five thousand circulation below or two hundred fifty thousand pages and below, um, you know, shouldn't get an app. I, I'm not sure that's a healthy approach. I think a lot of it comes down to kind of market and you know search trends and kind of what you think you can actually. You know, you know, do so. These, these newspapers that we purchased that are having success there, yeah, I think we would want to continue to, you know, encourage that and, and reward that, and you know, give them technology that can support it. If you know they believe and they can, and are showing they can actually build, you know, build an audience, and they're able to, you know, monetize it. So, at a high level, I would say, you know, we think this responsive design solution um, can work for pretty much, not pretty much, it can work for all all of our newspapers. Um, we think that, you know, starting off, it makes sense to, you know, be at a, you know, I mean, you don't really start off low, you start off high. So we want to focus on the newspapers that have, you know, the most engagement and most audience. And that's where we probably start with apps. Um, but I think we'd want to be very open in terms of um, smaller newspapers, not to close the door on that, to see a business plan and to see an audience, you know, audience reports of, you know, why they believe that they can do that. And I think, you know, we have some examples from some newly acquired newspapers that you know show some success there. So um, that's kind of kind of how we're how we're thinking about it right now. Okay. So it sounds like it seems like responsive is sort of the to those um, markets that has the business case for it and has a lot of um, innovative content. So what is it about the native apps that you think are um, what sort of capabilities do native apps provide on top of um, what people usually get on responsive web that would warrant um, sort of having that sort of tiered strategy? Well, I think it's all the features that, you know, are hard to come by or aren't, you know, within the mobile web experience, you know, the reading offline features, the kind of, you know, location service features. I mean, those are the things that I think, you know, make the app rich from a feature, you know, functionality perspective. And there's a, you know, there's a, there's a long list of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it comes down to usability and, um, you know, how people are finding 
uh, content, you know, mobile and, you know, are people willing to, you know, go to a bookmark page or are they going to find majority of is a lot of mobile content going to come, you know, through the path of uh, search. Yeah. Uh, and, if, and, if, and if that's the case, um, and I think we're seeing some trends there that kind of tell us, you know, that that may be the case in some markets. Um, and it's it's more of a usability user experience that clicking on that icon on, on my phone or my tablet is going to be the way, you know, my, my pathway to, you know, a newspaper's content. Um, you know, that's got to be a major consideration for how we think about people, you know, consuming what we have kind of going forward. And so um, I think a lot of us are still kind of early, early into that and looking at kind of the balance between how much traffic and how much monetization can be on the mobile response side versus you know, how much we can kind of build. I think we're, we just need to kind of learn through that. I think a lot of it will come down to um, new and exciting things that we might be able to do from um, an advertising user experience on, you know, on the tablet versus mobile responsive, you know, where that, where that better experience, you know, might, might lay. I think a really important thing though to focus on is not trying to, kind of make make something what it's not supposed to be. What I mean by that is when we looked at this mobile responsive solution, and, and it's the same viewpoint that we're going to have with apps is, you know, I think we've become overpopulated with widgets. And I think, you know, any I think any editor, publisher, ad director would probably see that too. And I think we've got to figure out, really on the desktop, how to kind of bring the, that countdown and that kind of... Um, that dependency on widgets and, you know, ad clicks down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, especially when we kind of build it, when we build our mobile response site, we didn't bring any of that over. And I think long-term we'll probably bring some of the speeds over and we'll create the calendar experience. But I think that's a really important thing to think about how people, some people want, a lot of people probably want some of that content. We've got to figure out how to get out of the widget business, um, come more in line. And I think as we make decisions about, you know, mobile, we can't necessarily think that it makes sense to try to bring all those things over. Just kind of the reason I bring it up is I just think it gets back to user experience and yeah. and what experience people actually kind of want on these different uh, you know want on these different platforms. And it's just I know our tendency is to add more and more and more and more, and that's kind of you know you do a redesign, and you start with something nice and pretty, and and all of a sudden it's kind of like jump jumped up based it basically back to where you were you know when you started the process. So. I think in mobile, we really need to kind of put some controls in place and use analytics to kind of drive the decisions of what makes sense to live where. Yeah, it, it, it goes back to what you said in the prior segment. Uh, mobile is different from online because users expect immediacy. And if you um, make them go through and scroll down too many widgets and everything, um, they lose interest too quickly um, to really get to the core of their content. Um, so a recent uh, Rumble study um, with a uh, uh, small newspapers showed that when a small newspaper had a web app um, and a native app, that their native app users tend to spend seven times more or visit the um, the experience seven times more than mobile web. Does that number surprise you? I don't know if it surprises me. I think it's great. <laughs> you know, um, the reason it doesn't surprise me is that, the, I mean, you just have such different experiences because in, in mobile web, you have this experience where, you know, people, so many people are landing there through search and they're coming there for kind of one thing. And, um, you know, the thing that interests them, and, and honestly, I mean, if we have, if we do a good enough job, you know, through related content and embeds and other things, 
um, you know, we can kind of keep their attention. I think somebody who's coming through an app, I mean, that's, that's a loyal person. You know, they're looking for not just probably one thing. They're looking to experience, you know, multiple things. And I think when you think about the fun features and functionality that you're able to bring through, you know, mobile apps, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of opportunity and richness there to really kind of, uh, keep people, you know, around. Maybe, maybe per, you know, what you just kind of said in that study. I, I do think there's still a blend. Though. I do think that there is opportunity and, you know, responsive the right, you know, in the right way to, you know, offer, uh, offer a deep experience and keep people there. I just think because I think the audience is different. That's kind of coming to those two platforms. The, you know, the study doesn't that doesn't doesn't surprise me that much. Yeah. So it, it then begs the question then, and when you say obviously the need of that. Um, you have much more loyal users that come much more often, and you want to give them a great experience. So the question um, I would ask you is, between responsive web and native apps, um, why would you give different experiences to um, really loyal and not so loyal users? Or why wouldn't you want to give them the same experience then? Yeah, so um, I think you know, a lot of it just comes down to kind of audience and the number of, you know, downloads that you're going to be able to kind of get by market. I think that's a major consideration in terms of, you know, if the question is why wouldn't you push out, why wouldn't you have an app for everybody? I just think it's a, you know, I think it's an audience question. And, um, you know, with mobile, I think it's easier to get people there than it is to get people, you know, to go and download an app and, you know, um, kind of go, you know, go through that go through that experience. So I think that's just kind of one of the challenges that's kind of in front of a lot of us, especially newspapers that have, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of community uh, publication. Yeah. So that's, I, I just think that's kind of what's in front of us. Yeah, it's a big cost factor. So if, if we can just get the cost down to native apps, it seems like that would be best for everyone. Um, we have to go yep. to commercial break, but this is Mobile Power on Profit. I'm here with Dan Arkin. Please join us after the break. Stay tuned for more Mobile Power and Profit after this brief profit timeout. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. 
ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. My name is Wen Tu, and we are joined by Gate Health Media's David Arkin. David, um, you know, the last segment, we really talk about the differences between mobile web and native apps and a lot of the challenges that publishers face. Um, as you look overall and sort of look to the future of news and mobile, um, especially from Gatehouse's point of view with your um, huge network of over 400 community publications, um, what do you see are the major shifts um, to the way audience consume news um, in 2015 and into the future? So in the beginning of this, we talked about social, and um, yeah, I read an article yesterday. Uh, I can't remember which company it was, but um, you know they've they've uh, they're upwards of 40% referral traffic uh, coming through Facebook today, and uh, you know more and more news organizations are you know, starting to view kind of the new homepage as you know Facebook, and um, I guess that's not kind of like necessarily a um, you know a new a new thing. I think the the content that's actually coming through there. And the increase there is pretty um, is pretty amazing. I just think that social is going to continue to be a, a, just an incredible incredible thing for us to figure out. Um, I actually don't think that um, Facebook is about volume. Um, some do. I don't. I think Facebook is actually about quality content and really hitting the note at the right time of day and the right day on the right content. And so I think we're going to have to get a lot smarter about that. A long-term post just saying, hey, it's a big news story and to push it out. Um, we really need to understand time of day, uh, day, and uh, what makes most sense for that audience. So I think that's one thing that's going to be a big consideration. I think the other thing um, that is in front of us is just how we're using data. So, um, you know, today I would say, um, to no fault, um, most newsrooms are looking at data. They're seeing page traffic. They're seeing unique visitors. Um, but they're pretty much just looking at it. And I think we're going to have to go from a, a looking at it world to much more of an actionable world. So um, I think there are obviously technologies out there that can put information in front of us that tells us here's what's engaging people, here is you know here are stories that people are uh, spending time with, and we've got to figure out how to be able to write more stories like that or react to those stories and do more with it. So let's use an example. And maybe there's a house fire, you know, in a in a neighborhood, and it comes over the scanner, and you know, a reporter gets it up online. Well, right away we should start looking, and maybe get it's so it gets uh, shared socially. And you know, right away we should start seeing what that's doing. So is that moving on social? Is it getting tweeted? Is it getting? Are there are there comments on it? Um, you know, what is it doing? You know, on the desktop, and has it is it, is it pushed in mobile web, or is it pushed in the right place? And I think so. Some of it is kind of location and management. Some of it is what do you know? We need to do more with that. We need a video. We need to start live tweeting this thing. We need whatever we might need. We need kind of some calls to action. Are you on the scene? Can you do you live in this neighborhood? Can you tell us what's going on? Can you send us photos? Can you tell us about um, you know how long you live there? Whatever it might be. 
like I think it, we're going to need to go from a shift of looking at data to really using tools to making data really actionable and really thinking about how that might be shaping different platforms. So I just don't think that we're going to see the same thing on desktop um, that we're seeing on mobile. And so that's going to mean, you know, we're really thinking about what's the right navigation, but how are we also positioning content maybe in different forms on different platforms based on what we know. I just think right now we don't know. I mean, yeah. we just we just we just don't know. And uh, you know, when people talk about a mobile content strategy, it's kind of like blindly in the blind out there. Like people yeah. just don't really know what to do. And I think we've got to start sourcing some of this data, and we've got to look at it to different platforms to figure. I mean, it's really three platforms we're working on, right? I mean, it's really four to put social in there. But you know, what what does that story need to? What does the experience need to be in print? Um, what do we need to be doing with that on desktop? How should we be kind of packaging in mobile? And how should we be kind of getting out through social? I guess you could put newsletters, and I can start adding about 15 other platforms here. But in terms yeah. of the four or five major ones, those are the ones that I think we've really got to – and you can't do that with everything. You know, I mean, just with what the resources are today and where we should be putting priority, like you can't dice it up 15 times for every story. But I think there are critical ones throughout the day we really got to be looking at. And I think that's going mean, to be a big impact on mobile in terms of how we really think about that. Yeah, that's great, and couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's going to be a brave new world for publishers out there. And just to repeat what you said for our listeners, um, as you sort of see the major shifts in the way audience consume news in 2015 into the future, um, the four things that they need to keep in mind. Number one, there are new power brokers on the scene in distributing your content. The Facebooks and the Twitters of the world is one of the top ways that users will find your content. Number two, it's not really about quantity anymore. It's really about quality and finding um, your audience and giving them exactly what they need. Number three, um, it's really about data in which we need to get past just looking at interesting data and really getting to actionable. And finally, fourth is um, the path of only one platform, um, news that's fit to print. No longer it's news that's fit for print, fit for desktop, fit for mobile, fit for social media, and this platform fragmentation is just going to continue. David, thank you for being on the program and sharing your insights. Um, truly helpful for our listeners to sort of see your perspective from GateHealth Media. Once again, this is Wen Tu uh, with Mobile Power and Profit um, and joined by our guest, David Arkin from GateHealth Media. Just a reminder, check us out on Facebook um, at www.facebook.com backslash mobile power and profit. You can listen to our program via iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, as well as the Webmaster Radio mobile app, which you can download. And thank you for joining us again for Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble. Please join us next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors.
any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.